part of the Podcateers Network. It's the Quiz Behind Podcast, the only fun fact and quiz show on the Podcateers Network. Hey everyone, I'm Andrew, and thank you for joining me for the 40th time here at Quizneyland. Here at Quizneyland, I'll be bringing you fun facts and trivia from all aspects of the Walt Disney Company. On this episode, we will learn about character voices, TV shows, statues, and movie ratings. So let's slash right into our first segment, Did You Know? Did you know a handful of Disney characters have different singing voices than their speaking voices? The 1990s is where this phenomenon mainly took place. In some instances, the character's voice actor may have not been able to or felt comfortable singing, and in other cases, they may have not had what the director was looking for. We will go chronologically based on the release date, starting with 1992's Aladdin. Both Aladdin and Jasmine have different singing voices than their speaking voices. Aladdin is voiced by Scott Wanger of Full House fame, but his singing voice is done by Brad Kane. Kane would also provide Aladdin's singing voice in the sequels and video games. Jasmine's speaking voice was done by actress Linda Larkin, while her singing voice was done by Broadway actress and singer Leah Salonga. And this will not be the last time we hear that name on this list. In 1993's The Nightmare Before Christmas contains a very famous instance of two different voices. Jack Skellington's speaking voice was done by actor Chris Sarandon, but the singing is done by composer Danny Elfman. Famously, Elfman wanted to also provide the speaking voice for Jack, but director Henry Selleck did not like his performance. In 1994's The Lion King, we will find three examples of this, two of them from Simba. Young Simba's speaking voice was provided by child actor Jonathan Taylor Thomas of Home Improvement fame, but his singing voice was done by child actor Jason Weaver. Weaver was brought onto the movie by Elton John, and the directors liked him enough to even offer him a speaking role as Simba, but the deal had already been finalized for JTT for Simba's speaking part. Adult Simba is voiced by Matthew Broderick, but the singing was done by Joseph Williams. You may not recognize his name, but you may know Joseph Williams as the lead singer of the band Toto. Besides fronting Toto, Williams also worked on Star Wars projects with his father, composer John Williams. The last one from The Lion King is one that has been mistold for a long time. The voice of Scar is provided by actor Jeremy Irons. Irons also provided the singing voice for Scar in Be Prepared, but when his voice became damaged, voice actor Jim Cummings, known for Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, etc., filled in and sang the final verse. In 1995's Pocahontas, the speaking voice of Pocahontas was done by actor and musician Irene Bedard, while her singing voice was provided by Broadway singer and actress Judy Kuhn. In 1996, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Esmeralda's speaking voice is done by Demi Moore, but she knew she could not give the directors what they were looking for singing-wise, so Esmeralda's singing voice was provided by singer and artist Heidi Molenhauer. In 1997's Hercules, the title character is voiced by both Josh Keaton uh, as young Herc and Tate Donovan as grown-up Hercules. 
but neither of them sang as Hercules. That credit went to Broadway star and actor Roger Bart, who will soon be seen play Doc Brown on Broadway in Back to the Future, the musical. That brings us to our final film on this list, 1998's Mulan. The character of Shang's speaking voice is done by actor B.D. Wong, but for the number I'll Make a Man Out of You, they enlisted the talents of actor and singer Donny Osmond. This isn't Osmond's only Disney credit. He also did a short stint as Gaston in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And finally, Mulan, whose speaking voice was done by actor Ming-Na Wen, but her singing voice was provided by Leah Salonga, who we previously learned was also the singing voice of Jasmine. And that's all for this time on Did You Know? We will be back with the Quizneyland quiz after a short word from our sponsor. Well, hello, campers. This is Ranger J. Audubon Woodlore reminding you that this Earth Day and every day to not be a litterbug and keep our planet clean. Isn't that right, Humphrey? <laughs> so make sure to clean up your mess when you're out and about, and it wouldn't hurt if you planted a tree or two. That way animals like Humphrey have a place to live for generations to come. <laughs> yeah. And we're back, and it's time for the Quizneyland Quiz. Here at the Quizneyland Quiz, I will be asking you three trivia questions of increasing difficulty. You'll have about 20 seconds to come up with your answer. If you haven't figured out about halfway through, I'll pop in with a hint. If you don't get the answer right, well, at least you learned something. Let's get started with question one. What is the name of the actor who played Zorro in Disney's TV show, Zorro? This guy really knew how to use a sword. Time's up. The answer is Guy Williams. Guy Williams was introduced to the Disney audience as Zorro in a segment on the fourth anniversary show of Walt Disney Presents. During this episode, Mookie repeatedly asks Walt Disney, what about Zorro? Finally, Zorro appears and explains who he is and coyly answers the question of whether he is real. Zorro premiered on October 10th, 1957 on ABC. The final network broadcast was July 2nd, 1959. 78 episodes were produced in total. The main exterior sets were built in the Disney backlot in Burbank, while Don Diego's Hacienda was built in a soundstage. Some scenes were shot at the Disney Ranch and at a mission San Luis Rey near Oceanside, where an archway was added to an existing structure. Williams and other key cast members also made a number of live appearances at Disneyland in 1958, including battling on the rooftops of Frontierland. Let's move on to question two. In an original concept for the partner statue, what item is Mickey Mouse holding? 
You can get one of these in a shop on Main Street, USA. Time's up. The answer is an ice cream cone. Sculptor Blaine Gibson had many concepts when creating the partner statue. For a while, the design depicted Mickey holding an ice cream cone. According to Gibson, quote, Marty, Jack Lindquist, John Hench, and I had a meeting about the ice cream cone, and there were two concerns. First, we felt that it made Mickey appear a little too immature, and second, we felt it might favor one lessee, like Nestle or Carnation. John and the rest of us finally agreed to have Mickey's arm at his side. I liked the way it came out, and design-wise, it worked with more emphasis on Walt. Now it's time for the final question. What movie was responsible for the creation of the PG-13 rating? Crying out loud, there's the kid driving the car. Time's up. The answer is Temple of Doom. As the story goes, because of pushback of its PG rating from parents, and not wanting to tone down future movies, Steven Spielberg talked to the MPAA about adding a rating between PG and R. In an interview, Spielberg said, quote, I remember calling Jack Valenti and suggesting to him that we'd need a rating between R and PG, because so many films were falling into a netherworld, you know, of unfairness. Unfair that certain kids were exposed to Jaws, but also unfair that certain films were restricted, that kids who are 13, 14, 15 should be allowed to see. I suggested, let's call it PG-13 or PG-14, depending on how you want to design the slide rule. And Jack came back to me and said, we've determined that PG-13 would be the right age for that temperature of movie. So I've always been very proud that I've had something to do with that rating. Just three months after the release of the PG Temple of Doom, the first PG-13 rated film was released. It was Red Dawn, starring Patrick Swayze. Well, that's our show. Thanks for playing. I hope you had fun and possibly learned something, too. Until next time, be prepared. And this has been our trip into... Quizneyland! Quizneyland is a proud part of the Podcateers Network. Our music was done by Cirque Dumas. Don't forget to follow Quizneyland on Instagram or join the Podcateers channel on Discord. Send any comments, questions, or suggestions to Quizneyland at podcateers.com. Part of the Podcateers Network.